You are listening to Legion of Substitute Podcasters, episode 798, Legionnaires 35, Legion HQ, Under Attack. And welcome to episode 798 of Legion of Substitute Podcasters. I'm Paul French, and today I am uh, upside down, lad. Um, it, just the uh, the whole weekend has seemed uh, uh, very out of our routine. And uh, uh, between uh, stuff that Elle has been working on and having uh, practices for uh, an upcoming cheer competition, and Sarah was away at camp, and uh, it, it was just weird. And, uh, and, uh, we, we, uh, had barely caught up to it before it was over, <laughs> yeah. but we got to, uh, at least, uh, practice our, uh, ceviche recipe for the superb owl and, um, and, uh, and it, it worked out well. So we, uh, we know we can, uh, we can get it right again, uh, when the time comes and, um, Hey, it's coming up soon. It is uh, a couple of weeks, right? Two weeks. I guess, yeah, next week would be Pro Bowl, and yeah, that makes sense. So uh, yeah, there we have it. Um, that was uh, that was pretty much it over here, and uh, and so now I'm I'm doing uh, the math, and that passes it over to you, Michael. Michael. Crickets. And this weekend, I am uh, in the gutters, lad. Um, uh, I after the rain has finally stopped. Uh-huh. Uh, we had a lot. Of, we had a lot of rain this last week, and uh, my gutters on my house were overflowing and uh, not in ways that gutters are supposed to work. Oh dear. Uh, well, it's just all the uh it's it's january so it's springtime here um all of the uh or or late fall i guess all of the uh the leaves and twigs mm. that that you northerners have like in october and november ours comes down in january and so mm. uh the gutters got clogged up and i just had to spend a spend a little time cleaning them out and uh realizing that i need new waterproof work gloves because the ones that I have are uh, not even water resistant anymore. Oh dear! <laughs> and it was and it's cold water sitting in the uh, sitting in the gutters at the bottom of all those leaves and twigs. So that was my excitement for this week. Uh, <laughs> let's see who's left. Who's next? Uh, over to you, Jim. Uh, hey everyone, I'm Jim Purcell, and uh, this week's. I was, uh, doesn't that kick a little ass lad? Um, so story time last, uh, week uh, during the week, I went down to my favorite bookstore, the book barn and, uh, get some books and I did in fact find some books, but that's not what I'm here to talk about. What I'm here to talk about is what I found within the books. Would you want to guess while browsing the stacks, what I discovered tucked inside a, 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 uh, very unassuming copy of Quantum Leap, uh, licensed novel. 
which 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 license novel first? I need the context. It's just just a just a quantum leap license novel from the nineties. Oh, I, I, I yeah. I don't know which I one was, I did. Uh, I'm, I'm going to guess found... an adult an adult magazine centerfold. Man, I wish, but no. I'm gonna also, guess. I'm gonna guess pages. Pages. I mean, there pages. were pages. Yes, a yes. twenty dollar bill. Ah, you're okay, Paul. You're on the right track. Yes. So I, I grabbed the book. I was going to say a hundred. Wow. So uh, I grabbed the book and I thumb it through because it's Quantum Leap. And as a child of the 90s, I love Quantum Leap, even Absolutely. though I'm not currently watching the new show. Um, and new show is good, by the way. I hear that, yes. Uh, and I'm thumbing yeah. through it and there's a little solid piece like in the middle. I go, oh, is there like a photo section from the show in here? And mm. I crack it open and wouldn't you know it, there's an unused $25 gift card for Olive Garden slash Longhorn Steakhouse. <laughs> and, it, and it's and it's Ooh. in the cardboard sleeve. It hasn't even been cracked open. I go, hmm. hmm. I don't think this is anybody's. So I think this is mine now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so did I snag get, did that. You, did you buy the book at least? I did not. I probably should have bought the book, but I was already buying like $10 worth of books already. Some of those were actually quite good. Um, I buy a li- I buy licensed books. That's actually the kind of thing yeah. I look for. It was, it was a little too battered. Is basically why I left it. Mm, yeah, yeah. Because um, I try, I do try to keep them in some way. This, it was waterlogged. It wasn't in good condition. It was kind of sad. But I do buy mm-hmm. licensed books because because they're the kind of things that never go back into print. It, uh, very so that, true. Yeah. So they're kind of my collector's thing with novels right now. Nice. But anyway, uh, it's one of those cards that you can check online to see if it's still good. And it turns out it's still good. And what's interesting is I kind of pieced together what happened. Uh, because oh, yeah. the, the card was activated on uh, the 24th of December, uh, 2021. So clearly somebody got it for Christmas. And for whatever reason, they were reading a copy of Quantum Leap uh, and used it as a bookmark and wound up at the bookstore. See, these are things that happen. I've had um, I've had books that I've donated oh. to the library where where they where they found so, like, you know, where it was like uh you know, I took an old uh, an old hydro bill or something and used that as a bookmark. They're like, "Do you yeah. want this back?" <laughs> so, Jim, was there? Um, Wait, you said it was waterlogged. Bill? Was there? Was there anything going on at the time that would have made the book waterlogged and made someone say, "Okay, I'm just going to get rid of it"? You know, as a as a pile of stuff. I don't know what your weather patterns are like in no, late I wouldn't, I, would, I wouldn't know. It was just kind of battered. Oh, okay. Warped. Yeah. I mean, it was at the bookstore. I mean, it was good enough to read, but you know, it was. Oh, I didn't know if it was like, like actually, like it no, had wasn't gotten... w- no, 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 no. It wasn't but wet. It was. It, it was oh, dry. Okay. It was it. just wrinkled. Got and it. The spine was awful. Uh, but so I turned. So I took that little little find and turned it into a T-bone steak at the steakhouse. Nice. So that <laughs> nice. was fun for me. There you That's go. Standing. <laughs> So, so wait, Paul. Did you say? Did you say you have a bill? You get a bill from Hydra? No, no. Oh, yeah, Hydra bill. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Um, Hydra. Hail Hydra. Hail Hydra. When you yeah. pay, when you when you pay it, two more tickets, place. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I'm glad that one went over. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's let's move on. That one that one's too good to try and follow up. <laughs> Uh, good day, everyone. I'm Derek Bins, and uh, this week I'm confession lad. I have a confession to make, and I hope you forgive me. Gasp. I've been seeing another podcast. Oh, no. You, you too? What? Yes. 
What do you mean you too? I mean, te- technically, this is my <laughs> Moonlight podcast, so. Oh, no, but you've got another one. Wait a minute, uh, Moonlighting podcast? Yeah, th- this is the one I do no, on the side. Don't give him any ideas. Yeah. I'm too busy. Okay. <laughs> my side piece. Hey, look, this this is my bit, okay? Okay, Let go me ahead. get my confession off my chest. So last week, I, I I went and joined into the Watch This Space podcast. I don't know if you've heard of it. Um, it's done by um, some guy called Alan Williams and some guy called Paul French talking about science fiction Those movies. Those sound familiar. Yes. Mm. Yes. So um, what, we talked about a rope, movie. What, what do they rope you into watching? <laughs> I, had to watch, I had to watch one about monkeys. That's <laughs> true. Oh, God. Those I had to watch monkeys this one. too. And there was hardly any dialogue in it. It was just like ships slowly traveling through space. And there was this (laughs) big black monolith that had no explanation. Oh, I loved it. I loved every minute of it. (laughs) (laughs) So peeking behind the the curtain, by the way, um, um, it, Jim's episode actually will come out on fe- February eighth, and um, that soon. And yes, it, no, it seems that yet. soon. It seems so far in the future uh, at the time, uh, much like <laughs> yeah. two thousand one did. Um, but, and um, and then, now it's hit. Oh no, I can't use that word. Never mind. <laughs> That's going to take his the H word. Yes, I'm stopping myself. Yes, perhaps for the best. Anyway, yes, we had a lot of fun uh, discussing uh, 2001, and you you guys will get to hear all that in a couple of weeks. Did you talk about Machine Man? No. You know what? We, we totally didn't. And here's the worst part of that. Derek, tell them. I read the Jack Kirby 2001 a Space Odyssey comic from Marvel from 1976 to 1977. And it wasn't worth it. No? <laughs> no, it was not worth it. One of Kirby's rare misses. Mm. Yes, yes. He he obviously didn't have his heart in it. Uh, yeah. There was a few few issues where it was, oh, somebody from history discovers a monolith and they get evolved into a star child. And then it oh, was you somebody the, from... You mean 20- the series, not just the treasury? No, no, not the treasury. No, there was um, 10 issues done. Yeah, the series. yeah. Yeah, and then somebody from 2040 met a monolith and got evolved into a star child, and then he started doing his own thing. And yeah, there was something about so, it was something was very superhero-y, and it's ended off saying, "If you want to see more of this character, look up his new title starting soon." And as far as I know, it never got published. So how does Man fit in there? That was the one that was supposed to come out of it. I don't know Machine how Machine Man. Well, there's definitely a Machine Man yeah. comic. Yeah, and that happened for sure. It. Oh, Machine Man. Yeah. yeah, he's a relatively well. He's not common, but he shows up in Marvel all the time. Yeah, but okay. um, but when he was introduced in 2001, he was called Mister Machine. Oh, right. That's right. His name changed. Right. That's why I couldn't find it. Yeah, that would explain it. Mm-hmm. And now, and now it. it's also um, no. it's a whole thing now because yeah. yeah. No, Mr. Machine was his maiden name. <laughs> I think Warner's claiming they own it, which means DC claiming to, they own him. But, uh, Basically. You know, it's one of those trademark copyright complications. That infringement, do you think? 
Which is weird because MGM released um, 2001, not Warner. Yeah, but I, 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 you know, through many years and many, many years of consolidation, I believe they can, they now control the rights for 2001. Oh, don't get me started on consolidations and rights and all that shit. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> but there anyway, it is. So after, I, after I read all these issues, I forgot yeah. to talk about them on the podcast. <laughs> Alan, you, he, he put in all to, that work. <laughs> all that work. You would have to go to the uh, mergers and acquisitions of intellectual property mm-hmm. podcast in order to uh, that. take a drink. I wonder if the Wait. monolith yeah. was in the Space Jam sequel. I think it oh. was. Uh huh. Was it? Yeah. Yeah. Every Warner property was, you know, like Clockwork Orange. Yes. Which is just weird. Yeah. Yes. All right. Yeah. Continuing. Hi, everybody. I'm Alan Williams, and I am a member of the Legion of Substitute Podcasters. <gasps> Honorary Reservist, Standby, Backup, Fill-In, Pinch Hitter, Academy, Quilting Bee, Ladies, Pie-Eating Contest, Rodeo Clown, Chocolate Chip, Bakers Association, Auxiliary. <laughs> nice. Anyway. Yeah, he's got to catch his breath. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, this week, I am, I am, who thinks of a, who thinks of a name like that, uh, like that lad when you've already got to add an, another line to a long list of, of titles. Mm. Boy. So that and that and I've had I really haven't had much much of anything interesting other than um, other than on Thursday I seem to recall I had a podcast that 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 where I was talking with some guy from from Australia. There you go. So I was like, you know, yeah. So so we were talking. Uh, I was talking to the future, and actually, I was talking to two to two futures. One. Two possible futures, one of them only an hour ahead of me, and one of them. <laughs> uh, fun with time zones. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So, yes. So, nice. so just just remember, folks, you too can come on and talk and, and talk smack about science fiction movies if you ever want to be on or watch this. That that properly properly pronounced it is watch this base. Podcast. <laughs> it's a shame that pause doesn't work in search engines. Yeah. <laughs> but oh, anyway, well. but, uh, but, but anyway, I digress. That's me. That's but, uh, me. Outstanding. Well, folks, uh, now I think we're going to end up dedicating the rest of this episode to talking about all the Legion news uh, that came out uh, this uh, this week. Anyone got any? <laughs> Anyone? Uh, is, is, is that have, another one of those alternate timeline things? It may well the, be. Uh, the crickets alternate, would have alternate futures. Yes, the, the crickets would have something to say. Well, why why do they have to be crickets? I mean, there are two like mega swarms of cicadas that are supposed to be coming out. From, they're supposed to be making an appearance this year, so. Like it's crazy. Instead, yeah. 
Yeah. So there isn't there isn't stuff. Um, is is the bottom line, and um, so yeah, I guess we uh, I guess we move on from that. Like literally, like I don't think even anything in uh, um, you know, in the usual. I think we didn't even have the usual sort of, um, oh, look, here's a goofy appearance on a, an alternate cover. Um, all right. So let's uh, let's move on then and get straight to the issue at hand. Excuse me. We're going straight somewhere. I'm out. <laughs> You're saying you don't think you can pull it off, if you'll pardon the expression. Hey, um, now. Hey, now. All right. Uh, Derek, why don't you take us away on this one? Where'd Derek go? Derek, Derek is, uh, um, Dave's not here, man. Lad. Oh. He got disconnected. Oh dear. That can't be good. Yeah. I guess we will just have to press on without. I I found some Legion news we could use to. Oh, even better. Oh, even better. Okay. Just a, just a tiny bit. I don't think we talked about this. I think DC solicitations came out two weeks ago and I did a little quick uh, control F check and uh, the solicitation for Justice Society 11 states as Huntress, Huntress pushes to recruit the Harlequin son, the Legionnaire, and acts his plan against the JSA. What does this mean for the future of the world's first super team? So there, a oh, Legion his plan, news. His plan against the JSA. That's interesting. Indeed, Yes. Is everybody also, Jack Knight's well, on the cover, so that's kind of rad. No, it's uh, a variant by Tony Harris. Yeah, we, which makes sense. I I was expecting the Legionnaire to be a a a good person, but mm-hmm. not if he's ah. not if he is enacting his plan against the JSA. That's interesting well, news. There is a Legion of Super villains out mm-hmm. there and maybe mask man decided to join them instead yes to make up for his for his brother joining the adult legion uh sure why not it's that's that's as good an explanation as any see see there we go since we don't know since we don't know anything i think it's a i think it's actually an evil plot between Masked Man and Douglas Nolan. Mm. And that, yes, I, I think what we're seeing is actually Masked Man working with the Douglas Nolan of Earth 3. Okay. Because we never saw, we've never seen an Earth 3 version of the Legion. Well, we did see the um, the fake Legion in um, uh, was it Superboy one seventeen from when Superboy transported to Small Vial? Yes. Oh, I remember Small. I, I remember Small Vial. I don't small remember vial. Small and Vial. Metropolis. And there Troubleous. were. And there were a number of evil Legionnaires who had come back in time to like expose the secret identity or something. But I guess yeah. that's. Uh, I guess that is, um, but that uh, the doesn't. Earth, yeah, that's that probably the Earth one one seventeen Legion. Yes, because it, it, it can't count because the Earth, because there was a good Superboy. 
apparently. Oh. Yeah. Well, it was the yeah. Earth 3 Legion who who mistakenly crossed over just like the Yeah. just like Rocket Universe Superboy crossed over into Earth 1. That is exactly what happened. That that and actually that that Earth that that Superboy is actually not even the Earth One Seventeen Superboy. It's the Pocket Universe Superboy meeting the Earth. Sorry, the Earth One Seventeen. Yeah, yeah, because it was that's, Superboy One Seventeen. That's what DC would call all these one-shot imaginary, uh, imaginary worlds. Is based on the the number of the issue. Yeah, Earth One Seventeen was from Jimmy Olsen One Seventeen. Oh, it was the Planet oh. of the Capes. That's right. Oh. And so everyone wore capes, and those who did not were slaves. Do we mean Earth 147? Or Could be. Earth no. 247? No. It, it would be probably like 117A or 117B. My goodness. Because like Earth 168 is from World's Finest. I think it's 168. 160-something. The one with the imaginary story where Batman joins the Legion. Yeah. And and they even had some fun making an Earth 461 that's a nod to Adventure Comics 461 where Batman died um, on Earth 2 to be the uh, Earth that had the Kathy Lee Crosby Wonder Woman with yes. um, the Deborah Winger Wonder Girl and a weird version, a weird World War II version of the Teen Titans. Right. Right. So it's in hyper time. All is possible. Everything has occurred. There is no, there is nothing that is non-continuity. I don't, I don't think a, a Earth 3 Legion makes sense though, because when they would come back to, to meet young Ultraman, I'm sure he would just murder them all. <laughs> and there's the story right there is well, they, they mean- find these, these three husks. <laughs> yeah, they can't they can't be identified. Jim, don't you mean Ultra Boy, the adventures of Ultraman when he was a boy? I think he does mean that. Oh, yeah. Yes, but I <laughs> well, think it's Earth, it's Earth three, everything's backwards. That that's right. That everything backwards, which means that this Ultra Boy actually is smart. Wait, wait, uh, wait, wait. No, that's uh you're you're th- you're you guys are kind of going bizarro with it. Well, Earth three was always Earth 3's got a lot of interpretations. My favorite's the one where everything's like history's like reversed and like um, uh-huh. Native Americans invaded Europe. And, and like of course yeah, I can't remember and, if any of that's like a Morrison invention or if that was actually from well, the no, Morrison that, that, the that Morrison from, stuff is different, right? Like it that's is. yeah, Earth 2 Morrison is is quite a bit different than the classic interpretation. Yeah. In in the classic interpretation, I think you had things like um no, yeah. the classic interpretation, the old uh, Gardner Fox version, included things like um, uh, Abraham Lincoln assassinating President John Wilkes. Right, Booth. yeah, yeah, things are backwards <laughs> England, in that regard. England, yeah, England winning its uh, England winning its independence from America. Yeah, that stuff. Yeah, yeah. No, you you had it right, Jim. That's that's the stuff you were mentioning. Actually, was that way. So yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, or, but then they realized that Earth that if you do that with Earth three, that it's too much like the Bizarro world. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. 
Yeah, because you had like, well, that's the that's where we had the whole Alexander Luthor thing. Um, and uh, and, you know, him being, of course, the hero of uh, of Earth three. And. Um, yeah, it was, uh, I'm trying to remember what other things they said in that. Um, I feel like there was a great there was an comics evil- presents annual. I feel like there was an evil legion presented at some point in like modern recent history as like a big splash page stinger. And I think someone posted about it like in the last six months, but I cannot remember for the life of me where I saw it. Hmm. 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 Well, if only there was someone who like keeps track of all of these alternate versions of the legion and, and their yeah. analogs and stuff like that. Yeah, maybe somebody. Maybe if only we had a spreadsheet of it. Who would have the time to do that? Seems madness. I know. I know. And spreadsheets. Spreadsheets are evil. We all know that. We all know that spreadsheets are evil. Text files. That's the way to go. (laughs) 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 It's in Notepad. Oh my god! This is. I'm, I'm having deja vu again. Um. Are you? Oh wait, you're, I didn't know that you were Yogi Bear. Yeah, yeah. Oh wait, uh, that's Yogi Bear. Yeah, Rob. yeah. He's smarter huh? than the average bear. Um, <laughs> no, it's I actually am having a sense of Vuja Day, which in which I've never experienced any of, the, any of this before. Um, uh, there, there's also <laughs> the sense of Veja Do, which is the feeling that you've never done anything. <laughs> All right, um, Alan. At the risk of, uh, of um, the Zoom gods uh, uh, being angered again, uh, let's uh, let's get started on this issue. Okay, wait. Me or Derek? Oh, sorry, Derek. Sorry, uh, you were talking. Yeah. So Are confused. you yeah. trying to? Con- I'm so confused. I'm, I am so totally getting confused now. All right. And I can't do the Chicago voice. Agnads, Agnads. No, nah. nah, I can't do it. No. Nah. <laughs> Oh wait, wait, wait! I mean, come on! Like, 30th century. I, I can already, I can already read half of this in the, in the, in the Chicago accent. The rest of it is Bastin. <laughs> <laughs> All right, no, we, we, we need, we need a different type of accent. So, uh, so Derek, why don't yes. you, why don't you just do it? And in the in your your classic, make that that Australian accent that you do. You know, Austra- I-, I might save that for the last page. Okay, all right. <laughs> and, uh, and and in the meantime, maybe maybe we need a maybe we need like an Irish Irish accent since you know we since we haven't seen Devlin O'Ryan in forever. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. <laughs> That's perhaps the best way to go. <laughs> okay. In the meantime, we have Legionnaires issue thirty-five. Uh, L number six of 1996, Legion HQ under attack, cover by Moy and Karani. We have Siobhan Aaron in the Legion monitor room giving a kick to the head to some uh, alien dude. On the monitor screen, we have Laurie Morning. I, I with think a you mean boot to the head. Boot to the it head. Is boot defi- to the face. It is, it is definitely a boot to the head. Boot to the head. We have Laurie Morning wielding a red lightsaber. She's obviously turned to the dark side on the monitor screen, along with Ron Vidar. And we will open up the page to page one. Oh, you got some yeah. uh, some other characters on the cover, though. 
Oh, there are some other characters on the cover. There's Tenzel playing pool. There's Marla sitting in his office. Mm. Uh, there's a shot of a Legion cruiser. Uh, what possibly could be the Legion gym or spa, maybe. And up Wait, is under it the, the DC... gym or the Legion gym? I'll ignore that. Tenzel does have his tongue stuck out. And it's oh. a Jeff Lloyd cover, so take a take drink. Take a drink, yeah, um, absolutely. And the uh, colors on this cover are by Colorworks. Uh, right. Page one. We have Ron Vidar walking down the street of 30th century m- Metropolis. There's uh, some guy selling OptiGuards. Can't watch the Sun Eater without OptiGuards. Ron thinks to himself, incredible. Half the population is either in flight or in hiding, while the other half prepares to watch what could be the end of the solar system. I hope the Legion can deal with this crisis. I'm just not sure I really trust their leader. But with the Time Institute shut down, this is the sole remaining place where I can pursue any sort of chronal research at all. And he comes up to Legion HQ, where Chuck is carrying out some repairs from the um, attack for a few issues back. And Chuck says to Rond, excuse me, sir, but this is a restricted area. Oh, sorry, Mr. Vidar, I didn't recognize you at first. Oh, that's all right. Chuck, isn't it? Yes, sir, Mr. Vidar. Call me Rond. Mr. Vidar is my father. How goes the reconstruction? <laughs> Chuck says, slow but that Kronos guy really did a number on the wing. But the foundations are sound again, and things are on schedule. What brings you back here? Work, says Rond. I've got more tests to run on the Legion's 20th century visitor. And suddenly behind them, a hollow thingy hums into existence. Rond says, what? Chuck says, the hollow projector? I didn't think that was online yet. And they are shocked when a voice announces, citizens of Metropolis! Have no fear. While the Legionnaires are all off in space, Future Girl will protect you. Are you listening, Rondi? And there's a big hollow image of Laurie Morning in her uh, Legion-ish sort of um, costume. There is, in fact, a lightsaber hanging off her belt. I've just noticed that. And we have a roll call and... It's a Laurie Morning, and she's pointing to her hollow vision and saying, that's me. There's Tenzel with his chef's cap on, Marla with a cross look on his face, Chuck Tane uh, looking a bit shocked, Siobhan Aaron looking particularly unimpressed, and Ron Vidar with his head hung low going, Rondi, what did I do to deserve this? And the issue is called While You Were Out. Uh, your guides to the 30th century, Tom McCraw, co-plotter and colorist, Jeffrey Moy Pensler, W.C. Karani letterer, Pat Brousseau letterer, sorry, Karani was the inker, uh, Brousseau is a letterer, Mike McAvenny, lost in thought, Casey Carlson, lost in space, and introducing Roger Stern, co-plotter and scripter. And we also have an arithmite holding up the credit box and another arithmite leaning on the publication data box, giving us a little wave. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and it's it's in, Athromite, by the way. Oh, sorry. Yes. I was gonna be nice and not correct <laughs> someone, but you had to go and do it, didn't you, Michael? Are, are, you, cor- are you correcting okay. him for correcting? 
<laughs> I'm correcting him for correcting. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Some, somebody's got to do it. Or or yeah. as um or, or as uh, PJ might say, just let me be wrong. <laughs> this this costume reminds me a bit of the um, you know the the um, Kitty Pride's uh, sprite costume. With, with which disaster are we talking about? Well, the first Is that one, the one, the one with roller okay. skates. That's the one. Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, okay. Not not the one that showed up in the Bedoon annual. And very garish colors. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and we cut to the monitor room where the real Laurie is surrounded by Athromites. And she goes, oh, you little Athromites, so clever and so cute. Yes, you are. <laughs> and she's holding something and the Athromites are jumping up, trying to grab it, going, hold control, give it back, please. And Marla storms in. Miss Morning, what do you think you're doing? And another Athromite goes, uh-oh. <laughs> My office is already jammed with calls from concerned citizens thanks to your hollow projector. Well, I was just like, you know, says Laurie. And Marla starts telling off the Athromites. The girl is not to be allowed near any communications equipment without my express position, ex permission. No one was supposed to know the entire Legion was away. And why is she wearing a Legion outfit? And Laurie says, Gee, Mr. Latham, I did need a change of clothes, and I guess the Athromites whipped us up, so I'd like fit in, you know. And the Athromites go, No, not our idea. She asked for it. <laughs> I love it. And Laurie says, I didn't mean to cause any trouble, really. Anyway, do you know when Rond, uh, uh, Mr. Vidar will be here for my exam? Not nearly soon enough. Mm. Meanwhile, elsewhere, uh, a shadowy figure is watching a hollow news broadcast. And the newsreader is saying, no official confirmation of the surprise announcement from Legion headquarters. <coughs> and the shadowy figure says, so, as I surmised, the Legion is off planet. Then the time to strike is now. And we cut to Laurie being examined by Rond, and Siobhan Aaron is there as well. Siobhan says, what exactly is the goal of this exam, Vidar? And Rond says, to chart, to chart the unusual chronal flux within Miss Morning's body, a result of the forces which so rapidly aged her body, though physically she appears to be about 20. And Siobhan says, she's really only 10. I read her file. What I meant was... What do you intend to do with that data? And Laurie says, I'm not 10, not anymore. And Rond ignores her and says, I'm conducting any, I'm not conducting any illicit experiments, if that's your worry, Officer Erin. My research is well within the science police's hamstringing restrictions. And Erin looks cross and she says, there are reasons for the SP guidelines. If we let people randomly muck with time, there's no telling what might happen. Reality itself could change. And Ron says, I do not muck. I study. Or I did until your organization stepped in. If I'd known that I'd have to have one of you looking over my shoulder here. And Laurie says, don't have a cow, Ron. Siobhan's supposed to be here. It's like her job or something being SP's liaison. And Ron goes, the word is liaison, but that still does not justify. Oh, for valor's sake, now what? My remote monitor is shut down. 
Siobhan says, probably a micro power grid outage. I've experienced a few here during the reconstruction. Ron says, impossible. My remote has its own power cell. This is some form of interference. And Siobhan sees an intruder alert on the monitor, and she says, wait, just a moment. Oh, Ness, there's interference all right. I don't know the source, but something's kept the alarm klaxons from sounding. Ness, Ness, Ness. Screen shows two sets of intruders, and they're already deep within the complex. And uh, Laurie says, Siobhan, I don't understand. Who are these intruders, and how'd they get in? Siobhan says, who is unknown? But with one wing under repair, it isn't hard to guess how. Mm. Still, they shouldn't have gotten past the security fields. Grife, I can't even access outside communications. And Ron says, the intruders must have installed some sort of wavelength scrambler, jamming our signals, isolating us from the outside. Siobhan says, what about the inside? And she calls up Marla. Latham, do you read me? We have a problem. And he goes, I know. And at this point, I suspect the worst. I'm de depending on you, Officer Aaron. You must do something to stop these intruders. I'll try to warn the others before. Officer, you're breaking up. Yep. Squawk. And comms go down. Aaron says, well, there goes the last of the communications. We better stick together from here out. Is it time to take a drink for people just wandering into Legion HQ? I, I think that is exactly what it is time for, because uh, that is that is totally classic Legion. Actually, should I put two drinks, because it's two sets of intruders. Oh, my goodness. Madness. Siobhan's right. uh, uh, sentence carries on to the next page and finishes. We're all on our own. We have Tenzel and Chuck playing space pool <laughs> and uh tenzel says you'll never make it chuck says watch me and he hits the white and he pocks three separate reds in three different pockets and goes i believe that's game i don't you couldn't three with one shot tenzel is beside himself with disbelief you hustled me tane there must be some sort of metahuman to pull off a shot like that Chuck says, hey, it's simple geometry, Tenzel. Of course, my engineering background probably had a slight advantage working out the angles. You wouldn't try to back out of our bet, would you? No, says Tenzel. No, you get your Randonian pudding whenever you want for the next month. I'd better head back to the kitchen. That stuff takes hours to prepare. <laughs> Chuck says, oh, you don't have to go right now. Tell you what, we'll play another round. Double or nothing. A couple, couple of points here. Number one, mm. Tenzel is in yellow and green mm -hmm. in his uh, chef's outfit. And also, mm -hmm. uh, even though he doesn't have his bouncing powers, uh, Chuck still knows all the angles. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Does that mean that the, is that a bold new direction or anything? No. Nope. Because now it's, it's so. a damn. I tried. I tried, guys. I tried. Yeah, there'll be there'll be plenty more. I think we've already mm -hmm. taken a drink for reusing him in a different manner than the original. Yes, but on the uh, wall of the recreation room, there is a picture that has the Starship Enterprise in it. Nice. I right. So three three 
goons have walked through the door. And Tenzel goes, um, Chuck, you expecting anyone? No, why, says Chuck, examining the pool balls in his hand. Tenzel says, because we have visitors. Hello, may we help you? Oh, Nass, as the three goons bring, bring up big guns. And Chuck throws a ball and says, Tenzel. The ball hits the control by the door and ricochets onto one of the goons' head. Chuck says, get down, and they dive behind a couch. Tenzel says, who are these guys? White triangle holdouts. The lights have gone out because of Chuck hitting the door control. Chuck says, whoever they are, they've somehow managed to get this far without setting off alarms. Tenzel says, I wonder if anybody else is having in the building is having trouble. And we cut to the main generator room where there are some athromites. Unauthorized entry. Restricted area. Off limits. Danger here. Go back. Not listening. No choice. Then repel trespassers. Yes, show them. And the Athromites are throwing uh, little bits of equipment at the five goons that are approaching them. And More the um, Is this the goon goons. show or something? Mm. Space goons. The equipment that they're throwing seems to be sticking into the lead goon's arm and chest. The Athromite goes, eh? Improvised missiles, unsuccessful. Flee, flee. As they're being picked up and waved about. <laughs> and But who should turn up with Aaron and Rond and Laurie? The Athromite says, Officer Aaron, emergency, invaders. Aaron says, I know, you Athromites get to safety. Ron says, get back, Laurie, there could be danger. And Laurie says, oh, you do care. That's sweet, Rondy. But I'm big enough to take care of myself. Siobhan pulls her pistol. Just stay back, all right. Science police, halt or I fire. And she fires over one of the goon's heads. And he seems to break up into smaller versions of himself. Siobhan says, what the grife? It just broke apart into... And Laurie, with her tongue out, goes, yeah, it's really gross. Ron says, it's some sort of combined group life form. Why? And the Athromite pulls on his coat, uh, on his sleeve, and says, Rondevidar, there is great danger. One intruder carries a caustic bomb, and the others have overridden the system that shield the central power core. Ron says, Holy Ness, if that bomb detonates anywhere near the power core, there won't be a metropolis for the Legion to return to. And we cut over to Tenzel and Chuck. Tenzel says, This is tense. They clearly outmass us, and they have blasters, thrum to 520s, I think. Firepower like that could toast this whole floor, so why aren't they using it? Uh, Chuck has about half a dozen pool balls, and he says, I don't know, but it's all the more reason to zap them before they can zap us. Great idea, says Tenzel. Mind telling me how? Well, first let's try to create a little distraction. And Chuck throws one of the pool balls, it hits a control, and suddenly a, a video monitor lights up, saying, Blasting across the universe, these are the adventures of Space Canine Patrol. <laughs> and then Chuck this throws is three more take. pool balls. This is Sorry? a new take. This is a new take on the Space Canine Patrol. <laughs> no, there we go. Take a drink. 
Chuck lets fly, fly with three, three or four pool balls and hits another one of the goons in the head. Uh, but then the third goon makes like elongated man and stretches his arm with the gun in it and punches Chuck in the jaw. Tenzel, being Tenzel, leaps to the defence and bites at the gun, <laughs> thinking to himself, you'll never use this blaster, spud, never again. And he goes, chomp. And he gets a look on his face and he goes, yeah, and throws up. Uh, Chuck says, Tens, what gives? I thought you Bismolians could digest anything this side of an Ertron. We can, but that was no metal blaster. That was organic and not very appetizing either. And Marla walks in the door. Kane, Kim, where are you? Mr. Latham, watch out. There are three big goons in here and they're shape shifters. Marla says, what? Don't tell me we've been invaded by Derlins like Chameleon. And the three goons suddenly shapeshift into Cam. And Tenzel says, ah, what a bunch of moats. We all know the real Cam's not here. That trick. And the three goons then morph into a Marla, a Chuck, and a Tenzel. And Tenzel goes, won't fool anyone? When will I learn to keep my big mouth shut? <laughs> Meanwhile, we cross to Tacron Gautos, the United Place Planet's largest prison asteroid. And we have Cosmic Boy saying, The Sun Eater is no laughing matter, Tharok. For the duration of this mission, my team is under orders to treat you with respect and give you our trust, and I expect that the five of you to treat us in kind. And we hear Tharok saying, Hear that, Persuader. The Legionnaires trust you. Validus, they respect you. Empress, will you treat the Legion in kind? And the Empress, who has a knife, says, if not with kindness, Tharok. And we have the Fatal Five surrounding the Legionnaires. Uh, so we have Fatal Five, we have the Emerald Empress, we have Validus, we have Tharok, Mano, and the Persuader. And the Legionnaires are all grouped together. There is Invisible Kid and Triad and um, Leviathan, Cosmic Boy, Shrinking Violet, Star Boy, who still has his arms in cast, Light, no, Spark, uh, Gates, Chameleon, and Saturn Girl. I think that's everybody. Yeah. Invisible Kid says, hey, what's happening here? And Tharok says, just what you think is happening, boy. You and your little friends are locked up with the Fatal Five. And Koz uh, says, hold it right there, Thorok. And Mano says, you hold it, Cosmic Boy. I don't know that the, these people that well, but if it's a choice between them or the Legion, you lose. Thorok says, I knew that we could depend upon you, Mano. So, ten little Legionnaires all in a clump. Swing that axe, Persuader. It's haircut time. It doesn't rhyme, though. No, it doesn't. <laughs> no. He's not good at poetry, is Tharok. Yeah. Ten little, ten little Legionnaires all in a clump. Uh, one cut down. Now they're a bunch of chumps. <laughs> See, it's not that even simple. <laughs> uh, Perhaps um, a clump am... wasn't the, uh, the thing to use. I At least am... mine rhyme, though. Yeah, well, I'm very, very glad that um, that um, we're not a literary critic society right now. No, no, that one would not have won either. 
Oh, no. Ten little legionnaires all in a mass. Persuader swings his axe. Oh, bloody naff. <laughs> Literally bloody naff. Yes. Um, so what what the persuader actually says is, oh, a little off the top, right, Therok? Uh, invisible kid says, just try it. Try it, says, careful, Lyle. Uh, Cosmic Boy says, we can't be fighting each other. We must stop. We must work together to stop the Sun Eater. And the Emerald Emperor says, oh, such brave hearts. I can't wait to see your livers. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tharok says, patience, Empress. You'll get your chance. Uh, now we go on to the telepathic channel. Cos says, or thinks, Saturn Girl. Looks like Tharox, the leader of the five. Check out his mind. And Vi thinks, wait a minute, Cosmic Boy. Uh, Saturn Girl thinks, Violet, what? And Vi continues, Validus is the biggest threat here, Imra. You calm him. I'll deal with Tharox. Fine. Uh, Saturn Girl thinks, Cos, do you know what she has in mind? I think so, Imra. Be careful, Vi. But we won't find out because now we cut back to Earth outside Legion HQ. And a couple of the Athromites have found something. What's this? Attached to the foundations, but not part of any construction equipment. Spliced directly into the power grid. Not authorized. Must remove it. Could cause problems below. And below in the power generation area, we have... Um, Goons on two levels, uh, Laurie and Rond on the upper level, Siobhan on the lower level. Siobhan says, set the bomb down. And Laurie says, let Ron go, you big buttheads, right now. And she appears to be throwing more things at one of the goons. Laurie, uh, uh, Ron goes, Laurie, no, as he's being threatened by a goon. And there's some kicking and some shouting of get back. And there's a zuk zuk zurt as some energy uh, flows over the goons. And they seem to uh, liquefy. And Laurie says, Bafa Rama, what did you do to them? And to which Ron says, nothing. That metal lodged into one of them made contact with the power junction. And the voltage broke them down into liquid protoplasm which splutes down below in front of Siobhan, who shouts up, Watch it up there. I need help, not more obstacles. Ooh, ooh, I wonder if any of them is named Garth. Probably not. The, no, no. Uh, Laurie leaps down. No problemo, Siobhan. Help is on the way. Ron goes, Laurie, no. Don't worry, Rondy. This is stuff like the monkey bars. At school, only bigger. Wee! And Ron thinks to himself, no sense of self-preservation at all. How did our race survive the intervening thousand years? Laurie is now down on the same level as Siobhan. She says, come here, Mr. Goonie. Siobhan says, Laurie, what do you think you're doing? We can't fool around. And she fires at one of the goons, and his body seems to split so that her energy blaster goes straight through him and nearly hits Laurie. Who says, Yeah, whose side are you on? Shimon thinks, bad. 
I'm just wasting charges. And she says, listen up, Laurie. We need to get that canister out of their hands. And Laurie says, okay, and puts it with her boot out of the goon's hands. And Siobhan goes, not like that. That's the bomb. Uh, Laurie uh, Laurie goes, eep, it's going to explode as the canister um, bursts open and the contents go tink, flush all over the walkway they're on. And then it starts to eat through just like a xenomorph's blood. Mm. Uh, I'm not quite certain who's saying this. That's probably Laurie. Oh, no, it's split open, but it's loaded with super corrosives. And the walkway that they're on collapses. Uh, one of the goons falls. Laurie's slipping down. One of the goons is slipping down. Siobhan's still up on her uh, safe space trying to reach Laurie. Laurie has grabbed onto uh, railing. Laurie, uh, Siobhan helpfully says, Laurie, grab onto something. Uh, she also grabs onto a goon. Uh, so we have Laurie hanging from the railing and the goon hanging from Laurie. Laurie says, the power core is still exposed as the other goons woof into nothingness. It just evaporated them. Ron! Ron says, we're coming, Laurie. Don't let go. Meanwhile, back with Marla and Chuck and Tenzel, uh, each of them is fighting their doppelganger. Marlon, Marla goes, ruffian! Chuck says, keep talking, Mr. Latham. These guys don't. Tenzel goes, that's how we'll tell who's who. Good one, Chuck, but I have a few of my own tricks. And he spits on the pool cue that his doppelganger is holding, which dissolves in half. Oh. And Tenzel says, thought that'd get your attention. Chuck says, acid spit? I'm never sharing a fizz bottle with you. And the alarm goes off, wrong, 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 wrong. And Marla says, ah, the alarm klaxons are back online. You doppelgangers might as well surrender now. The authorities will be arriving any... Oh, no, no, get back. And the, the three doppelgangers stampede over Marla and run down the corridor, transforming back into their goon forms. Chuck goes, Mr. Latham, are you all right? Marla goes, fine, I'll be fine. Don't let them escape. And uh, Tenzel says, ha, look at them. Run, there are... They're better bluffers than fighters, Chuck says, and not too smart. There's no exit that way, just an eight-story drop. Uh, But the goons transform into flying creatures. Tentil says, what? Hey, they've just shifted into wing forms. They're getting away. Part of the uh, flooring under him collapses. Chuck manages to save him. Tentil says, phew, thanks for the safe, pal. Shouldn't this hole have been sealed by some sort of field? Uh-huh, says Chuck. Shut down by whatever delayed the alarms. i got to finish these repairs before somebody gets really hurt. And we cut back to the power generator. Uh, Rond is holding a cable. Siobhan is inching her way down towards Laurie, who's still hanging off the edge with the goon. Siobhan says, hang on, Laurie, I'm almost there. I'm trying, Siobhan, really, but it's so hard. And the goon says... Let me go. And Laurie says, you can talk. Save self, I bad. Not deserve to live. Laurie says, no, no, I won't let you go. You're you're my prisoner, and I won't let you die. No, then I not let you die either. And the uh, goon has transformed into a familiar protoplasmic Mm -hmm. shape. 
and it's climbing up Laurie's arm. Siobhan has now reached Laurie and says, that's all right, Laurie, I've got you. And Laurie says, you hear that little eye? Everything's going to be... And we switch to a, um, a cell where the protoplasm is now a sphere locked on the inside. Darn. And Chuck finishes the sentence of everything's going to be, and Chuck says, okay, the power core's been sealed and the building's secured, and you're right about that scrambler, Rond. A couple of athromites found one outside, fitted to the building's foundations. Systems started coming back online as soon as they disconnected it. And Rond says, so, that was one of our intruders. Hmm, closest thing to pure protoplasm I've ever seen and capable of shredding mass as easily as a transmorphs. Tenzel says, what do we do with that now? And Laurie says, oh, he's so cute. Let's keep him. You could call him Prote. <laughs> Marla's talking to Siobhan. Marla says, there doesn't seem to be any any species listed under it in the... For it, and yeah, I'll try that again. There doesn't seem to be any species listing for it under the UP Galactica files. And Siobhan says, I'd like to keep it under observation for now. It did seem willing to sacrifice itself for Laurie, so if she could get it to speak again, maybe we can find out who sent it and why. Ron's talking to Laurie. Laurie, you must be more careful about these things, but, well, future girl did all right. She did? I mean, I did? Really? While there were better ways to do it, you did uh, defuse the bomb. You protected the sea, just as you said. Yeah, she says. And Chuck chimes in. Good thing, too. If that bomb had wrecked the power core, the Legion would, would have been left without a home. Not to mention a staff, says a Siobhan. And Tenzel says, yep, if not for future girl, we'd all have been killed. <laughs> Chuck, Chuck goes, yeah, hey. That's not funny. <laughs> it's that that's that freeze frame moment at the end of the mm. show. <laughs> and now we cut to halfway around the world. On the great plaza alongside the newly restored Sydney Opera House, there's a sudden crackle of energy, and then excess appears. And she goes, Oh my, where am I? Where am I this time? Looks like is this? She zips around, comes to an Omni-Net. Could it be? And it says, it's Sydney, Australia, 2995. Yes, I did it. After all those missed shots, I'm finally back on Earth. And just a few weeks after I left. And there's a boy with his dad. And the boy says, Daddy, isn't she a legionnaire? And father says, she is indeed, Bruce. That's excess. <laughs> the fastest girl alive. And Excess runs off and says, Metropolis, here I come. Uh, so we have in two weeks, the Legionnaires face death at the hands of the Fatal Five in Legion of Superheroes number 79. And next month, meet the Legion Rescue Squad in Legionnaires number 36. It's future history in the making. You did a good job uh, with that Australian accent at the end. It almost sounded yeah, uh, authentic. I, I, yeah. Offensive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And and why am I not surprised that there's somebody in Australia named Bruce? Uh, probably he's going to grow up and go to the University of Woolloomooloo. <laughs> Monty Python reference there. Exactly. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah take yes. a drink. Yeah. Yeah, it was definitely uh, – I thought they were definitely about to start talking about the uh, – 
you know, the Australian wines and their peculiar afterburn. And the reading of the rules. Rule <laughs> and one. The, uh, and, the de- oh, and the Department of Philosophy at University there. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> you, Bruce. That's you, all, Bruce. That's confusing. We'll just call you Bruce. Mm. We, uh, we should also take a drink, which we neglected to... Uh, uh, for the new introduction and origin of Prodi. Yes. yes. Yes, indeed. Well, the newly restored Sydney Opera House. I wonder what wasn't happened it, to it over the last uh, thousand years. Yeah. Now, wasn't it wasn't it under ice some issues back? No, that's in the three boot. Oh, is it? Oh. Uh. All these boots, I can't keep them straight. So many boots. <laughs> the, only one, the only one you can keep straight is the boot to the head. Boot to the head. Well, excellent. Yeah. That was a fun issue. Got to say, I quite enjoyed it. And I guess we'll, we'll continue to see the battle with the Fatal Five in a couple of weeks. And... Um, um and Jim, you uh you found the thing that you were trying to figure out. Didn't you? Jim? Jim. Sorry, Jim's I didn't hit the button. I, I didn't I didn't hit the mute button properly. No, uh, yeah, it wound it wound up being the Legion of Death from Justice League 3000. Okay. Okay. Which I don't know so. the context of because I haven't read it yet. But uh <clears throat> right. that's an evil looks like an evil legion to me. Uh, it definitely does. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so there we go. There we go, folks. You, you too can find that. And, um, you, you know, it's, it's just interesting that they ha- did, uh, uh, this restoration of the Sydney opera house. I, I think it's just them thinking, you know, we really want to be in touch with our history, uh, which makes me wonder, Michael, is there yes. anything that happened this week in Legion history? I think so. Let me um, let me double check. Mm. Um, let's see. This week in Legion Sweating history. Oh, yeah. yeah, I did find a few. Excellent. Um, so uh, this issue went on sale February 8th, 1996. And it takes place uh, on July 22nd, 2994. Uh, as a reminder, Excess was lost in the time stream in Legion number 74, found herself in the 20th century in number 75, had some adventures, and then came back to the 30th century. This issue, from the Legion's perspective, she was lost on July 15th and returned on July 22nd. Yeah. And that those, uh, those dates are according to the official timeline as presented in the Legion secret files. Nice. Uh, so going back in historical history, we have 60 years ago in 1964, Adventure Comics number 318, Sunboy leads a mission, but the pressures get the best of him and he turns on the Legion. After he's examined by doctors, they determined it's a case of space madness and the team implements new rules limiting the amount of time a member can spend in space. Also noteworthy as the first physical appearance of the Time Trapper. Mm. Yes. Uh, and that was back in episode 26. Did somebody covet his ice cream bar? You said Space Madness. Uh, I did say Space Madness. 
Peace. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God. I, am I the only one who ever watched Ren and Stimpy? Yes. That's why, that's why mm-hmm. I mentioned Space Madness. Thank you. That's why I said that you covered my ice cream bar. I don't remember the rest of the context. I just remembered Space oh. Madness. But I set you up. I, I gave you the... Yeah. It, was an alley- you the it was definitely an alley-oop going on there, yeah. Yes. All right. Uh... 55 years ago in 1969, Adventure Comics number 378, Brainiac 5 celebrates his birthday with some Legionnaires, but the Kono juice was laced with deadly poison. The Legionnaires have only 12 hours to live. And that was back in episode 201. In 1994, we have Legion number 55, volume 4 number 55. The science police stalk the remnants of the Legion across the galaxy as what's left to the team tries to find refuge on the planet Rimbor, only to land right in the middle of a deadly gang war. And that was episode 687. Uh, five years ago, 1999, in a book that I have not read, uh, it's a uh, one-shot called Impulse, Bart Saves the Universe. Um, Extant, remember Extant from uh, from Zero Hour? Yes. He tricks the linear men into saving the life of Dr. Garnett Edwards, who was supposed to die. But when he didn't die, he created a doomsday weapon that created a world without Green Lantern, the Flash, or Superman. Because he's from the future, Impulse is immune to Extant's powers and is the only hero who recognizes the world has been changed. It's up to Bart to travel back in time and stop Extant. And Extant and the Tornado Twins have cameo appearances. Uh, that same day in 1999, we have Legion Volume 4, number 113. Uh, spoilers for a fall of 2026. Kinetics, having suffered a mind-shattering experience while trapped in a strange anomaly, appears getting worse. In a desperate attempt to help, Legionnaires Vi and Spark use Brainiac 5.1's newly invented Anywhere machine to travel through time. 20 years ago, in 2004, we have The Legion, number 29. Spoilers for uh, winter of 2028. Uh, Part five of six of Foundation sees the past and future of the DCU's most monumental menace collide as time itself collapses. In the 31st century, on one tiny surviving scrap of the continuum, the Legion stages a final desperate attempt to restore cosmic order and prevent the total eradication of the universe. The battle against Darkseid continues as Darkseid reveals that he is destroying the past to ensure that the future will be his. 15 years ago in 2009, we have the second printing of Final Crisis number six, which is where Brainy uh, gives Superman the miracle machine. And then in issue seven, uh, as Earth and the multiverse are plunged into the forever pit created by Darkseid's imminent death, hypertime itself is fractured with the story of the final crisis remaining splintered, but barely held together by the hearts and minds of its heroes. Superman uses the Legion's miracle machine to save the day. And uh, maybe 2031-ish, if we give it or ever get around to that one. There you go. Uh, also in 2009, we have the end of the three-boot. Uh, Legion of Superheroes, Volume 5, Number 50, Rutten. Written by Justin Time. Hmm. 
Enemy Manifest, Part 5. Hack the Infinity Net. Finds Brainiac 5 uploading the Legionnaires into the Infinity Net for the sake of all existence. The climactic conclusion of the universe annihilation war is here, and every Legionnaire, every reserve, and even the planets to save existence. Also featuring the return of Cosmic Boy, the death of a long-time Legion, and a gourd cover. And that was covered in episode six. And if we Sorry, ever get we, there, we, we lost you a bit there. We lost you a bit there. Nope. After, um, after what? Something about the cover. Uh, oh. Uh, featuring the return of Cosmic Boy, the death of a longtime Legionnaire, and a gorgeous wraparound cover. Right. Uh, that was covered episode 17. Um, and if we get there, it'll probably be like summer of 2030. So only another six years to go for that one, guys. Goodness. Maybe. You might hear about it sooner, but maybe not. Uh, also, the same day in 2009, we have Super 684. It is the Faces of Evil Spotlight on Parasite. And this Parasite was, I'm sorry, it was Super... Superman. Okay. Volume okay. 1, number 684. Okay. The Adventures of Superboy. The Adventures Superboy of Superboy when he was a man. Okay, double-checking. <laughs> nice. Yeah. yeah. Faces of Evil, Spotlight on Parasite. Parasite remembers how he escaped the last time. Uh, Superman had reactivated the Phantom Zone projector to release Rogue's Gallery, but Monel appears at the entranceway to the portal to warn Superman. Only the small-time crooks and Monel himself are left in the zone, and Parasite steals some of Monel's powers. Uh, after defeating the Parasite, Superman reluctantly says goodbye again, and Monel, more depressed than ever, hides his feelings very badly. Mm-hmm. So even in 2000, as late as 2009, Superman was still being attacked by yeah. not releasing Monel and by not coming up with this method that he swore to dedicate himself right. to. Super Dickery. Yeah, Super, super dickery. dickery indeed. Five years ago in 2019, we have the Flash TV episode, season five, episode number 12, called Memorabilia. When Sherlock wants to, sorry, Sherlock. Oh, right, yes, I've forgotten about that. <laughs> wants to use a memory in Nora, a S, to help gain access to Grace's memory. Uh, Nora panics, fearing her parents will find out the secret she's been keeping from them. She secretly decides to use the machine on her own, which ends in disaster after she gets trapped in Grace's mind. Uh, Barry and Iris go in after their daughter, and Iris is brokenhearted. She finds. So now we go into the future, 155 years from now, in uh, 29, 955, 955. Okay. Thank you. Uh, is, is it my bad connection that's it, making it? Yeah, it yeah, keeps dropping out. So we're just catching you on the okay. ones that we miss. Yes. Got it. Uh, so in 2979, January 30th, Chemical King and Timberwolf join the Legion. Uh, which rescues Colossal Boy's parents from Tarek the Mute and his new Legion of Supervillains. And that was uh, as seen in Adventure Comics 372, covered in episode 192. Uh, A few short days later, the Tornado Twins show uh, show up the Legionnaires on three separate occasions, 
but it turns out to be a ruse for the celebration of Flash Day by the United Planets. And the twins are actually descendants of Barry Allen, who have been temporarily given his speed powers. Uh, as seen in Adventure Comics 373, episode 193. <laughs> and so that means that some the United Planets has declared to be Flash Day. Oh, yeah. Uh, sometime in 2979, um, February-ish maybe, uh, all five Legionnaires are captured by the Scorpius gang, whose leader tells the remaining Legionnaires they must defeat the Rhyorus uh, gang, which includes Black Mace. The leader of the Scorpius gang is not Leland McCauley, but actually Science Police Chief Zoltoris who had kidnapped Brand to fund his gang. With the help of the subs, not, not us, the, the substitute heroes. Right. The Legionnaires defeat Zoltoris and the Taurus gang vow to go straight. <laughs> and that'll happen. Uh, that was episode three, or sorry, issue 374, uh, episode 195. So now we go to 960 years from now, late January 2984, this little thing you may have heard uh, called the Great Darkness Saga. Uh, Darkseid attempts to enslave the galaxy, but is fought to a standoff by the Legion. Uh, Dream Girl is elected leader, initially with Element Lad as deputy. And the Great Darkness Saga, of course, was in Legion Volume 2, uh, issues 290 through 294, which you can look to in episodes 88 to 92. The reason we know this is late January is because it was established that on February 3rd, 2984, Darkseid's Daxamite army is unleashed on the United Planets. Mm. The Legion calls on the reserve members, Supergirl, the substitute heroes, the heroes of Lalor, the Wanderers, and Devim for help. The mysterious child magically matures into High Father, who restores the Orion clone to his true form. Darkseid destroys Orion, but loses control of the population of Daxam, and is forced to retreat. White Witch joins the Legion, Light Last decides to leave the Legion, and Supergirl departs to return to her own time. And that, of course, was in Legion Volume 2, number 294, episode 92. And that is this week in Legion history. Wow, very nice. Very nice. I love it when we land on some uh, on some great darkness. That's awesome. All right. Um, let me see. Do we have? I don't have anything in the mailbag. Okay. So, uh, folks, you, you should send stuff to the mailbag. We'd love to hear I from agree. you. We 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 miss you. We'd love to hear from you. Um, you don't call. You don't write. Uh, um, <laughs> you don't call. You don't write. Uh. We're going to have to seek Jenny Agnet on you. Agnet. Exactly. All right, then. Um, well, Alan, Derek, thank you for uh, for joining us. Uh, it was a, pleasure. A, a pleasure, pleasure as always. always. And um, uh, it's great to see that the, uh, the uh, Sydney Opera House uh, uh, lives on in the, uh, in the 30th century. And um, Folks, you can uh, you can tell us your thoughts on on which uh, which uh, you know monuments in the world you would like to see um, you would like to see uh, brought back. 
And uh, you can send that to us at legionsubstitutepodcasters at gmail.com. We are on uh, X. We are LOSP Podcast. We are also on Blue Sky as LOSP Podcast. Um, And, uh, and of course, you can join the conversation on our Facebook page, which can be found at facebook.legionsubstitutepodcasters.com. In addition to all those things, you can head over to our website, legionsubstitutepodcasters.com, where you can leave a comment on this or any episode. And with that, we make our way back into the time bubble. And, uh, and you know, now that XS is back, maybe we don't have to worry so much about using it. Um, it you know, it, it, it can always be problematic, but, uh, but she got better. And, uh, and there's some guy in here named Bruce. And uh, and he uh, is going to uh, help us set the controls so that we can see you all next week. 